Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Thanks, John. Amazing. Um, yeah, what a week, everybody. Um, I think I've said this a few times, but we're living through history, aren't we? But then we're always living through history. It's a funny thing to say, but we are living through history this week, aren't we? Which is, um, really feels really significant. And as a nation, obviously, uh, politically and uh, with the royal family. And then for us as a church community, you know, we're entering a new season um, uh, with our leadership team and um, all that we're believing God is going to do in and through Vine Life uh, going through the future. Um, but one of the things that we felt really strongly was to kind of set a foundational point, uh, a foundational stone, if you like, in terms of who we are as a church. Now, for some people in the room, you've been here longer than me, uh, and you know what we're about and, and some of our history, but there are other people in the room who don't. And uh, maybe this is your first Sunday and you think, what are you talking about? So hopefully I can bring you all in on that journey um, together. Something um, that we're going to be doing this morning and something that we feel is really part of who we are as a church is praying for healing uh, and believing that God can move and can heal today for everybody all the time because he promised it to us. Um, and that song that um, we've just sung, um, and as John's just said, you know, it's a big, bold statement, isn't it, that? But we're believing that, and we know that, and we have experience of that, and I want to bring you in on that journey um, this morning. Um, so kind of context is that, uh, obviously, we want to be talking about spiritual gifts, and um, there are uh, there's lots we can say about that. There's probably a massively long teaching series we could do on spiritual gifts, and maybe that's something we'll return to in the future. Um, but what we're going to do this week and next week is just focus in on some of the keys around healing today and the prophetic um, next week. Um, we, and, and again, we feel that is really significant in terms of who we are and where we've been as a church and where we feel the Lord is leading us um, going forward. Um, so this is not an exhaustive teaching on spiritual gifts. This is not an exhaustive te- teaching maybe on healing. But I just want to give you some of that background, some tools, some keys to put in your hand. And then we're going to have a go. Ooh, it all went very quiet then, hey? So that's the point um, this morning is that it's not about me delivering something to you. This is about us as a church community exploring what it means to walk in that gift and to release it to each other, uh, which is really exciting. Anybody else excited? I sent a message to somebody this week. It might have been the CLT. I just kept saying the word excited all the way through it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Isn't I? So I might say that a lot this morning. Anyway. First thing to say is we're, eagerly, we're to eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. It is the normal Christian life. Um, Jesus demonstrated the kingdom as well as he taught it. Um, and, but I want to say is that the gifts function in the context of love. And if you don't have love, we're just making a bad noise, right? We're just a resounding gong, as scripture would say. So some of our core values as a church is that we want to honor the Holy Spirit and that should and will and does and has flowed through everything that we do. Uh, and I hope um, that you pick up on that in, in what you experience with us as a church. We want to love people well. Love the person in front of you. Uh, and this morning that might be loving the person you're praying for. Um, or the person maybe who sits next to you at work. Or the neighbor. Or somebody at school or college or university. We want to love people well. I, I hope we're... And, this is something which is hard for us as Christians, but we want to avoid jargon. 
Christianese, as I like to call it. We want to try and avoid that if we possibly can. And thinking about this this morning, I'm obviously talking to you in a church and a Christian context, but we want to be people who do this everywhere. This is not just for Sunday mornings. This is, we're operating our gifts everywhere we go. And if we start, I don't know, talking about the blood of the lamb and other things out in the world, they might think he might be a bit crazy. I don't know. Um, We want it to line up with scripture. So um, our starting point with all of this, obviously, um, we stand on the rock of Jesus. And then as we experience his presence, we want to know how does that line up with the the scriptures through his Holy Spirit. So a couple of um, scriptures to start with about spiritual gifts. Give us some context for this. 1 Corinthians 12 says this. To one there is given through the spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. And yeah, the words are up on the screen. She said that. Or look in your Bibles. Um, So there's a long list there. And then in Romans 12, um, Paul writes this. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And that's in Romans 12. So Paul is making the point that these gifts are a given. He didn't say if or maybe or hopefully there might be some gifts. He's saying there are gifts, they're given. It's not. And he's calling us as a church to use them wisely and to use them in good order. So when Holy Spirit is operating, we should expect these gifts to be operating. And then secondly, a really important point I want to pull out is don't compare. That's the the message really of the second uh, reading there. We all have a part to play, but that part will look different for each of us. Each of us needs to be humble with the gifts given to us and honor the gifts bestowed on each other by the Holy Spirit. And that's also really important. We all make up a body together. And yes, today I'm saying everybody, we're going to pray for healing and believe that everybody can pray for healing. But it might look a bit different for you, the way that the Lord speaks to you and the way the Lord speaks to somebody else. And the same when we talk about prophecy next week, etc. So the gifts of the Spirit, there's when you kind of look into it, there's lots of people who sort of list different numbers of these gifts. Um, um, so I've just kind of pulled out some uh, kind of a list here, some of the things that um, are pulled out of those scriptures. You've got the gift of wisdom, so the gift to make choices and give leadership according to God's will. Um, and, you know, we want wisdom. I don't know about you, but I really want wisdom, God's wisdom. The gift of knowledge, to have an understanding of a spiritual issue or a circumstances that you wouldn't naturally be able to do. Um, You might know something about somebody, but maybe the Lord has given that to you. A gift of faith, we've been talking about this morning. The gift to trust God and inspire others to trust God, no matter the conditions. 
or the, and the circumstances. The gift of healing, what we're talking about this morning, God's healing power to go cure a person who's ill, wounded, or suffering, and we're going to explore that. The gift of miracles as well um, that amplify the gospel message. The gift of prophecy, declaring a message from God for somebody else. The gift of discerning the spirits, recognizing whether something is truly from God or and is in accordance with his righteousness. The gift of tongues, the gift to communicate in a heavenly or foreign language that you do not have experience in yourself. Um, the gift of interpreting tongues, the gift to interpret the speech of a different heavenly language and translate it back into your own for the benefit of others. The gift of administration, keep things ordered in agreement. The gift of helps, um, the gifts of encouragement, the lifts go on. Um, it's a comprehensive set of things that I think I need all those gifts to get through life. Um, and the first thing I want to say about that is that they are gifts and not rewards or payment. They are gifts. They are given freely by the Lord. And they are Holy Spirit's gifts. So we're not to be proud about that. And Jesus was our perfect example of how to use these gifts. And then he told us that he had to leave so that Holy Spirit could come so we could do even greater things than him. That blows my mind. I don't know about you. Um, so this week and next week, we're going to focus it in on a couple of those gifts as we seek to encourage everyone to exercise your spiritual gifts. Gift of healing, the gift of prophecy. And I'm sure we're going to return to this. I'm sh I really want to explore um, some of the other um, gifts. And we want, as a church, to be releasing this and being equipped to do this as part of our normal, um, everyday life. So why have fo we focused in on these two gifts? Well, we as a church have a long history of pushing for healing uh, and the prophetic being expressed as part of our normal daily walk um, as a church community. Um, so obviously I'm talking about healing this week. Um, and we as a church, I don't know if you know this, but we were heavily influenced by somebody called John Wimber. Um, and he was at the forefront um, of releasing the gift of healing, not just through the church that he was a part of, that he helped establish over in um, California, the vineyard and the vineyard movement, but across the body of Christ. There are thousands of churches today who would trace their um, moving in the gift of the Holy Spirit back to his teaching and the things that he released some 40 um, plus years ago. So I'd really recommend his books, The Power of Evangelism uh, and The Way In Is The Way On, uh, things that you can read around this about his ministry. Um, and we as a church have always had um, prayer ministry, as we call it, or prayer, a time where people can receive healing in our services, in our gatherings, all the way up to COVID. Uh, and then we tried to do it a little bit on Zoom, which is super clunky. Um, but we tried to do it and offer that as well um, during uh, COVID. And it's something that um, we've, I guess, done a little bit of together as a church family. But we want to um, release that probably from today forward just to say, this is who we are and this is where we're at in terms of releasing physical healing um, in our midst. And we've had over our history, we've had healing rooms, um, we've hosted healing conferences. There are testimonies, countless testimonies of people who've been healed um, in our midst, physical healing. Personally, I remember some, gosh, I think it's about 20 years ago now, showing my age, um, at a conference that we did um, with John and Carol Arnott where I was prayed for. And I don't know about you, but um, whenever 
um, I kind of get called, for, well, I got called for for prayer. I'd say people around me said, that was word for you, Neil. You need to get out of your seat and go down the front and get prayer. I was like, oh, is it? Oh, I don't know whether I want to do that. But I did. Um, and the Lord healed my knee, which is what um, was the word was about. And I got prayer. Um, back in those days, people were falling over a lot. I don't know if you ever ever experienced that or seen that. Um, I wasn't pushed. Definitely wasn't pushed. Definitely fell over. So I remember thinking, I'm not falling over like everybody else. Stood in a line of people being prayed for. And what happens? I came around about, I don't know how long later, 15 minutes later, on the floor. I was like, oh. I guess I fell over. And when I got up, I realized that I'd had a dislocated knee, uh, which I'd done a number of years previously, and it caused me difficulty, difficulty with movement, difficulty to do certain things. Uh, and I got up and I was like, oh, this feels different. And although I have to be careful with my knee to this day, I've been able to walk and climb mountains and uh, I go swimming and all those things that I would not have been able to do if I hadn't had that uh, moment of prayer. So there's the testimony. And there are many more, um, I'm sure, uh, amongst our community. So it's a foundational value for us as a church. And um, on our little journey uh, as a core leadership team, of which I get the privilege to serve as a part of, we've been asking ourselves questions like, well, why are we here as a church? Uh, why are we here personally? Why, why do I come to this church? Why did I come here in the first place? And um, all of us have got different perspectives on that and different um, reasons. Um, but things that kept coming out were, the fact that we all got to uh, pray, we all got to experience that, we all got to um, experience freedom of the Holy Spirit, um, and the idea that we all get to, as John Wynn would say, all get to do the stuff. It's not about the person with the microphone like right now, it's not about the person who gets paid, it's about the family gets to experience the presence of Jesus and walk with him and exercise those gifts. So we felt this is really important. I feel that I feel an importance on... Um, setting this journey going again this morning and something that we can quickly re-establish within our midst because I know there's lots of people in this room who love praying for each other because whenever we offer it or whenever we say turn to the person next to you and pray or people do and that's really exciting so that's the kind of context let's get some um, some nuts and bolts and then we're gonna have a go is that all right is everybody okay so healing John 9 um, Jesus is healing the man born blind. Very famous story, I'm sure you know it. Um, as he went along, Jesus saw a man blind from birth. His disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with saliva, put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, the word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. So good, right? So good. So much in that story. Um, so obviously at the end of the session today, we're going to be uh, teaching you how to spit. Yeah? Everybody up for that? Clear your throat? Get that? No. I'm not going to do that. Because there isn't a formula in the kingdom. Have you noticed that? When you read all of these accounts of Jesus did something different for the individual in front of him because he valued the individual. The person here, 
The disciples, because that's what they've been taught, thought that it was the sin in the generations before him that meant that person was blind. And Jesus says, no, that is a massively controversial thing for him to say as a teacher in that culture um, with a Jewish audience. And what would probably have been going on was that that man, blind man, would have experienced people spitting on him to curse him and to, you know, dishonor him. So Jesus turns the spit into healing. Isn't that powerful? So it's not just a physical healing this man receives, but an emotional and a spiritual healing. So there's more to it than just spitting, yeah? And that's what we want to get to. Another story. This is Peter um, and in Acts. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At three in the afternoon, <clears throat> now a man who was lame from birth was being carried in the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. And Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, jumping, and praising God. Wow, I just, I, I want to see that. Do you not want to see that? I don't know. It's just amazing. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. I want wonder and amazement in my normal everyday life. I don't know about you, when God's at work. So two very famous stories, two very different ways that people get healed, um, but the same result. And it's exciting to think we get to do that too. But how, you might answer. Well, Jesus gave this little nugget of truth that uh, is kind of, I guess, what we want to see happen with us. In John 5, 19, Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. So even Jesus acknowledged he couldn't do it on his own. Even Jesus said, I have to look where is the father already moving and, and make that move. He didn't just run around well, he did, I don't know whether he ran around healing people. Um, to me, in the gospel accounts, it doesn't sound like he just ran around. He was very intentional. He went to certain places. He met certain people. There were crowds sometimes, and he healed one person. Then there were other times where there were massive crowds, and he healed loads of people. And we're not told necessarily why, but it's clear that there was this reason was behind it, that he did what he saw the Father doing. Then we get, obviously, to, to bring, uh, uh, sorry, to change earth and bring it, into line with heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, as he told us. And Matthew 18 says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So Jesus is giving us this mandate to bring heaven to earth um, and to pray those things into being. In heaven there is no sickness, pain, or suffering. And Jesus very clearly went around healing every kind of illness, sickness, and disease. So illness, sickness, and disease are not in line with the will of God. They are the opposite. 
Matthew 4, 23, Jesus went in through Galilee, teaching in synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every sickness and disease among the people. He commissioned the disciples to do the same. Matthew 10, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And in Luke 9, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. That's what we've been singing about this morning. And then he commissions us to do the same in Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's you and I, we get to do it. We get to do this stuff. Excited? I told you I'm going to say excited a lot. So, other thing I love about this, when did Jesus say he saw Satan fall like lightning and was defeated? When he did the stuff, when Jesus did it himself? No. When the disciples in all their messes and confusion and mistakes, when they went out and exercised their authority in his name, that's when he saw the enemy defeated. Isn't that great? That we then get to defeat the enemy through the power and the presence of Jesus in us. So, I'm going to give you a little prayer model. Um, that hopefully will help you and explain. Yeah, I'm gonna get, Alicia was going to help dish them out. So I thought I'd put it on a little card so everybody can see it. Um, and we got it on the, on the screen. So this little prayer model is something that if you've been around our church for a long time, you'll know very well. And if you haven't, hopefully this is new for you. This is built on what I've just been talking about. So basically, to give you um, a little structure, a little prompt, um, you don't have to follow. This is not like some kind of formula. This is just a, uh, like a support structure. Um, and this, um, I hope, will be helpful as we just activate um, today in, in healing prayer. So first of all, we want to interview. So find out what they want to get prayer for. Might sound obvious, but let's just ask the question. Jesus said in John 5, to, uh, John 5, do you want to get well? He asked that question of somebody who was clearly very unwell. And if you are going to lay on hands, which obviously, you know, in COVID times, we might not do anymore. Um, and I once remember... Um, being told about the story again about John Wimber in hot school hall in California, they used to just, instead of laying on hands, they used to just kind of hold their hand near the person and somebody thought there was some mystical spiritual reason for it. And they were like, no, 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 it's just really hot and sweaty and we don't like to put people, like sweaty hands on people. So we didn't do that. So just a practical point really about laying, laying on hands is obviously biblically um, powerful and a spiritual principle, but we don't have to do that if it's not appropriate. Um, as well. And then the big one for me is we ask Holy Spirit to come. So you've asked them what they need prayer for. Uh, and then, you know, it might have been obvious because they had a broken foot, but it might be, I don't know, a headache or 
um, an emotional pain or whatever it is, you've asked that question, you've found that information. My advice to you is this moment is when you get to see what the Father is doing. You're doing what Jesus did. You wait on the Holy Spirit before you launch into prayer. Now, you might think, well, it's really obvious, Neil, because the guy said he's got a broken foot. I need to pray for a broken foot. Yes, but if again we reference back to the spit and the saliva, the Lord might want to do something else as well. It might not just be a broken foot. It might be there's trauma or there's uh, an aspect of emotional healing that the Lord wants to do that you're not aware of until he tells you. Um, so wait on the Holy Spirit. And we're going to explore next week a little bit more about how God speaks to us as well. Because some of us that may be like, oh, yeah, wait on the Holy Spirit. Of course, he'll speak to me. Others of you might like, oh, I don't know how God speaks to me. So we'll talk about that a bit more next week. And then, I, and then wait, watch, and listen. Don't rush is probably my biggest thing. Remember, we only do what we see the Father doing. Is there more than what the Spirit is asking for? Pray what the Spirit wants, not what the flesh wants. And then we get to pray short, commanding prayers. We don't need to twist God's arm. We can be childlike. He has given us this authority. And Jesus, if you notice, prays some pretty short prayers. Get up. Be healed. Your faith has made you well. They're not big, long prayers. He commands people to do things. Stretch out your hand. Go and wash. Go and do something you couldn't do before we prayed that prayer. Um, we're praying for the whole person's healing, not just physical. Keep looking for what the Spirit is doing. Now, I mentioned earlier, you know, I fell over in that moment. I don't know that the Lord will do that every time. pretty sure he doesn't because I haven't seen that for a while. But sometimes people might become very peaceful. They might shake. There might be something they feel in their body and they need to tell you. So keep looking for what the Spirit is doing. And evaluate. If you're praying for pain, don't be afraid to say, right, we prayed. How's it now? If it was 10 is really bad, 1 is really good, where are you on that um, scale now? And if, or maybe they couldn't bend over. Ask them to bend over. Well, they couldn't, you know, crouch down. That would have been my test um, with my knee, which I can do now. Look, look at that. It doesn't sound very nice, but it, it works. Um, and then when to stop. Somebody once said to me, don't pray past the miracle which is really interesting. We can just get carried away. Blah, 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 I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray. And then the person's like, I, feel, I felt fine five minutes ago. Why are you still going? Um, I've had that happen. I don't know if you've ever, um, if you ever pray with anybody who doesn't have faith, they keep their eyes open. I don't know if you noticed that. And they stare at you when you pray. So if you just keep going and they're like, I'm fine now, what are you talking about? That's a bit awkward. So don't, be, don't feel you have to keep going. Um, and then, yeah. Post-ministry direction. Go and get checked out. If you need to go and speak to a doctor, then encourage them to go and speak to a doctor. Um, or do we need to pray again? Even Jesus prayed again. When he prayed for the blind man, and he said, how are you doing? He's like, well, I can see the people, but they look like trees. So I can't pray again. Jesus had to pray more than once. It's okay for us to pray more than once. Is that helpful? Yeah. So couple of things just to say off the back of that. This is not a formula, so I'm not giving you the structure. You must fit, stick to this structure. But these are, I, I find it really useful. When somebody says, I would like prayer for it, I can stop and wait on the Holy Spirit and then pray. That's just helpful for me. Uh, we've got a prayer model because I think for me it communicates our values. Um, God is good. He wants to heal. 
We have authority in Christ. We give permission for Holy Spirit to move. We try and avoid religiosity and jargon. Um, and I hope as well it gives you a tool to sort when the enemy's whispering, you can't do this, you can't do this, you shouldn't do this, or what happens if it goes wrong? You've got a little model to support you in that. It gives us confidence that when people do come forward for prayer, there's a bunch of people who know what they're doing, but more importantly, why they're doing what they're doing. And if you bring a guest to church, sorry, when you bring a guest to church, hopefully you will be confident that if they were to respond to an altar call or to come forward for prayer or whatever that might look like on the morning, that the people who pray with them know what they're doing and why they're doing it. And you can be confident that they are going to be safe. And ultimately, I think it communicates love for those we pray for. We care about this. We don't just want to say, oh, yeah, God heals and and we're all kind of a bit all over the place. Actually, we care for the person that comes through our door, the person who wants prayer, the person who's looking for healing. And a way we can care is actually relying on these truths that are built into the prayer model. Um, question I often get asked, what, how do I know it's from God? Well, he gives good gifts. If we ask Holy Spirit to come, he will do. And then we learn as we go. He's a good teacher and he'll give us good gifts. It's faith in, in him if people are healed, but it's also faith in him if they're not. God is not a vending machine, and sometimes we don't have an answer, and sometimes we can't always bring the healing that we would love to see happen. I am passionate about seeing people free from cancer, but my mum died from cancer, and I don't have an answer for that, but I do know a God who loves me and a God who walked through that pain, and I have a hope of heaven but I still pray for people who've got cancer. Does that make sense? What happens if I get it wrong? That's the other question that might happen. Oh, wow, what if I do the wrong thing or I put my hand and then nothing happens or I don't know. God is bigger than your mistakes, my mistakes. Did you know that? So Holy Spirit will cover us. Not being healed is not our fault and it's not the person's fault. Sometimes it's a mystery that sometimes people do get healed, sometimes they do not. Um, what I do know is if I pray for no one, then no one's going to get healed. If I pray for people, someone can get healed. Um, and again, there's a whole other teaching series we go into that. But I'd really recommend Pete Gregg's book, God on Mute. I found it really helpful just exploring the whole idea of unanswered prayer. Um, and I'd highly recommend it. I actually found it really encouraging. doesn't sound very encouraging, does it? A book about unanswered prayer. But I found it really helpful and encouraging. So I really just encourage you to delve into that. Okay, and ultimately, the best prayer you can pray is come, Holy Spirit, help. Yeah? Take the pressure off yourself. Holy Spirit's going to do it. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless, and see you soon.